0: My thanks to Micah Hyde and the Bills. That's a big game. Big, big game. He said it. Our biggest game yet. So I appreciate him making time on a Tuesday, which is generally an off day for NFL players. So great to have him. Telephone number is one eight zero zero six three six eight six eight six. 636 8686 Still a lot of you can't believe what's going on here. Jamie and Green Bay. My thoughts on James Harden in a minute. Jamie and Green Bay, quote, you've lost all control of your crew, Rome. Get your House in Order. It's kind of an ambush. It was a Halloween ambush. I didn't know. Like I said, I didn't even know that Chalk went Dracula until I sat down in this seat. And he still denies it. He's like, I'm not, I didn't do anything, boss. This is how I look every single day. Like a vampire. I'm like, no, nah, there's something different about you today, dude. That greased back lettuce. That Billy Donovan look. Anyway, I didn't see... the. They, no, they didn't put any of their costumes on until the show started. And by then, they knew they had me. What could I do? Shut down the show? Shut down the crew? They knew. They knew. They got over. Better to ask for forgiveness than permission. A hey, Alvy?
1: Dude, dude, no, no, no.
0: At former NFL guy tweets. What are the chances that that's true? At former NFL guy. I don't know. Maybe I should change my handle to former MLB guy. Former world record holder in the 100 meter guy. Former president of the United States guy. Former first guy to land on the moon guy. Anyway, at former NFL guy. Anyway, people who play in the NFL want you to know they play in the NFL. Why would they go, like, anonymous like that? Alvin should have thrown a Gary Gaetti jersey over his costume. Rat poison. Good point, former NFL guy. Corey Pavin would have worked as well. And Zane Smith. Gator Nation CEO writes, I didn't know that at Alvin Deloro. Could dress up as Mike Shanahan for Halloween. Wore the hashtag rat family. You know, I'm starting to write a book. Finally. Finally. And I'm trying to figure out whether or not the rat family belongs in the book. Finally. Kind of has to, right? Alvin's like, dude, of course it does. How many chapters are you going to give it? Nothing gets more than one chapter. I'm not into it yet. I'm just starting to think about it. No, I mean, actually, I've been thinking about it for years. I think I need to consult with Alvin. Alvin's already got the whole book laid out. Chapter 1, The Death Pool. That actually was not in my notes, Alvin. The Rat Family was, but not The Jungle Death Pool. Alvin's like, Chapter 6, Piece of Crap Club. Hey, how about this? Why don't we just do an entire book on The Rat Family? We could. Believe me, there's 14 chapters in that. There's at least 14 rats I could write about. Dear Jim, digging Chocula's widow peak. I peak at widows too. Signed, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I'm going to make that do Not not widows. Cougs. Bad take. And let's see here. Is there anything that makes it better? No. 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 And no. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. Say it with me, clones. All together now, lardin. Gun lard. And guess what? The tactic still works. That tactic still works as well as his once patented step-back did back in the day. And that was almost unassailable. He never missed that shot back in the day. Just like the fat suit never not works. Because the guy that many of you have glossed, James Larden, jumped right back into that fat suit. And once again, he got exactly what he wanted. Why does he keep rocking that fat suit? Because it keeps getting him out of situations that he doesn't want to be in, into more favorable situations. Because it works. I mean, who better to kick off the NFL trade deadline day than my guy Woj with a Larden bomb, like he did this A.M.? After a month long or months long standoff between Larden and his ex old best friend, Daryl Morey, the man he called a liar, remember? His guy that he called he's a liar. Daryl
1: Morey was a liar, and I will never be a part of an
0: organization that he's a part of. Anymore. That's not a lie. I mean, the first part might be, but him saying I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of is not a lie. Like, he got what he wanted. So he may think that Maury's a liar, but the so called liar gave him exactly what he wanted. A trade to the Clippers. Here are the details. And as anything that involves Larden, you know they are not small. Larden. PJ Tucker, who I still love. I'll love PJ Tucker when he's 80. I'll always love that guy. Philip. Philip. Patrushev. They're headed to the clip show. Marcus Morris, man, my man Marcus Morris bounces around a bit. Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, KJ Martin, a 2028 unprotected first round pick, two second round picks, a 2029 pick swap, and an additional first round pick that's going to be routed to a third team. Wow. I mean, that, that's a fat deal. No pun intended. And again, Larden got exactly what he wanted. Like he always does. Like he always does. And Clipper fans, not only that, but in the end, you get to keep Terrence Mann. The player that many believed the Sixers had to have. So, Harding gets what he wants, but does this make the Clippers the team to beat? In a word, uh, no it does not. Far from it. It conceivably improves them, I'll give you that, but Vegas still thinks that it does not make them the ones to beat. It makes them better. They were 17-1 to to win it all before that trade, and now they're 12-1. to So they've got their guy, but they're still looking up at the likes of Boston, Milwaukee, Denver, Phoenix, and they're just ahead of the Lake show. So if they made that deal to finish ahead of the Lakers, maybe it works. If they made that deal to win it all, it's probably not going to work. And why doesn't this make them the ones to beat? A couple of reasons. Number one, Larden is not the player he used to be. Nobody's going to argue that. He's not. Yes, he led the league in assists a year ago, but that generational scorer that he was for so long, that dude has left the building and he's not coming back. Yeah, he can get you 40 once in a while, but he's not the guy he was. And no. Lardon, don't get pissed. Don't call me a liar like you did Maury. It's true. What I'm saying is true. You yourself have to know deep down that you are a shell of yourself, especially when it comes to getting a bucket at any time you want. That you used to be able to do for years. You could always get your own whenever and wherever you were. Well, except in the postseason. That never really happened. I mean, I would say you were exposed in the playoffs the last couple years in Philadelphia, but let's be honest. When have you ever been able to get what you want when you want and show up in the postseason big fella? So yes, the Clippers are better today, but they still have major concerns. Number one, he's not what he used to be. Number two, how are these pieces even gonna fit? Anybody stop to think about that for a minute? Hard to imagine with Larden. Westbrick, Kawhi, and non-playoff Paul all on the same court at the same time. How's that going to work? More importantly than whether or not they can make this thing gel and mesh and fit is the health of their alphas. That's the most important thing. Can their true alphas, Kawhi, and non-playoff P, stay healthy for an entire season? Well, Can they stay healthy enough to get to the postseason and be healthy throughout that postseason? That's the biggest question. Now, if they can, if somehow that team gets to the postseason in relatively good health, they could be extremely interesting. I'll give you that. Credit to my guy, Lee Jenkins. I don't know exactly. By the way, Lee, I miss you, man. Proud of you, but I miss you. I'm not sure exactly how involved he is in all of this. Being that he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met, he should be all over all of it. But, that, that aside, I think they've built enough depth that they can make a deal like this and still have the dudes they need in the nucleus and the core to remain competitive. Credit for that. But I'm still not sold. They're better. But that does not vault them to the top of the West. Far from it. Now, Philly fan. Where do you come out on this? I'm sure you're pretty hot. I actually do not hate the deal for you, Philly fan. Yeah, I hate that you couldn't get Terrence Mann. And I know you're hot about that, fair. But what you did get is a few future draft picks, one not protected, you got some expiring contracts, and you're going to have some cap space. Let's face it, even with Larden. You were not going to compete with the elite in the East. In fact, you fell flat on your face even with Harden. Even with Harden, it was not going to work. And he didn't want to be there anyway. You had to get rid of him. So if you're going to keep Trowell, you have to come up with another plan to get another alpha to run with him. And if anybody can do it, it's Daryl Morey. And he has some assets. He has some assets to work with. And on top of that... They have a dude in Tyrese Maxey who looks like a freaking stud. Maxey looks a hell of a lot closer to that alpha than the guy that Larden is today. What I'm saying, Philly, is this might not be the worst thing. This might be a good thing. Now you have max salary space this summer to either sign somebody or use it to trade for another running mate. Trust me. Trust me. You can find somebody better than a 34-year-old Larden who we all know is not going to age well. He's not aging well. This dude is something else, though, man. When I look back at this guy and the career he's had, that patented move of just throwing on the fat suit whenever he's unhappy, it's incredible not only that he does it, but that it works every single time. The fat suit is quickly moving up, as I mentioned, among the association's greatest signature moves of all time. When I mentioned to you, you tell me a great signature move, an unguardable signature move, an iconic signature move. What comes to mind? Ionic. Kareem Skyhook, The Dream Shake, AI's crossover. Philip. The Larden fat suit. all unguardable entities that can get their own whenever they want. And still there's more, only in LA. Only in LA. How hype is this? Another Westbrook Harden reunion. Because that works so well in Houston. There are not going to be enough toilets in the new Balmer house to keep up with this mess. Toilets! 1,160 toilets! (laughs) 1,160? Go ahead and add another 4,000. And yes, clones, I am well aware. That the stripper industry has been popping champagne since Woe's dropped that bomb last night. And no, that was not an earthquake that you felt last night. That was all the strip clubs in the greater L.A. area jumping up and down at the same time. Strip club. Measuring a 6'4 on the Richter scale. And then after that, those were not aftershocks. That was the trickle down from all the restaurants in and around crypto. Yes! What's your reaction to the trade? Let's see what we got here. Shaquille, Rome Neal. See, my bottom line reaction, he had to go. There was no way he was going to stay. He had to go. And then he made it clear he wanted to go to the Clippers. So Daryl Morey waited, waited, waited until he found something that was good enough Something that he can accept, something he could work with. I actually sort of like that deal for the Sixers. And I think that it improves the Clippers, but let's not get crazy. It does not make them the team to beat, it makes them better. This says Shaquille Romneal, I know the Sixers received a bag of chips and a condom that Alvey pretended to put on, but the Clippers lost this trade. Blames, Frauden and Russell Dressbrick will flame out in the playoffs while Payne, George, and Kawhi play will be in street clothes by March. The Clippers are going nowhere via the fee. Ward Larden asking for a trade by the All-Star break. I don't think any of that is out of the realm of possibility. I don't think any of that's unfair. That's my concern. Today, they're a better team. Today, but today is October 31st, we have to see about the fit, we have to see about the health, it's a lot of strong personalities, and one big fat suit, Brian and San Pedro, Harden, what's good, Harden, what's good, how many you got fat boy, I got some donuts for you fat boy, Krispy Kreme fat boy. Hey, fat boy, I got some donuts for you. Sign those two LA fans welcoming Harden to the Clippers. Krispy Kreme, fat boy. Hey, Alvin, why is Boogie so fat? What's good, fat boy? It, Alvin, why is Boogie so fat? Hey, Alvin, why is Boogie so fat? Man, I'm still kind of scared of Boogie, but that heckle is too good not to play. Chris hey, 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 he, fat boy. Krispy Kreme, fat boy. What like an NBA yeah, player was going to run up into the stands yeah, and leave the game and his teammates in order to get a couple of Krispy what's Kreme good? donuts?
1: Ad, hey, what's good, baby?
0: Krispy Kreme, that's good. Ad, what's good, baby? Is one of the funniest lines ever to me. Ad, hey, what's good, baby? Hey, hey. Hey, Demarcus, the fans are asking why you're so fat. Hey, Alvin, why is Boogie so fat? It's incredible. Hey, Jim, I can't see a scenario where that Larden deal goes south. Signed, The Devil, Brian and the ATL. Hey, Rome, should the day ever come where you are unhappy with your current situation, please utilize the fat suit so us clones know in advance that change is about to come. Johnny and Green Bay were the Packers getting the number one overall pick in the 24 draft. I think that's not going to happen, except if Jordan Love keeps showing up the way he is, that could happen. And finally, Jim, not sure the association is going to throw up three basketballs at the tip in every Clipper game moving forward. This will be a disaster. Robin Green Bay, also fair. I like it. Actual reaction to an actual story. Clipper fan, what do you make of this? Break. I'm trying, Albie. Sixer fan, what do you make of this? Raider fan, what do you make of what you saw last night? Lions fan, are you not having your best life? All of you, get up in here. Now we can break, Albie. Do not miss. See better. Drive safer month at O'Reilly Auto Parts, where you'll get great deals on wiper blades, headlight bulbs, cleaning products, and more. Get up to a $20 O'Reilly gift card after rebate on select purchases and their professional parts people will even help you install your wiper blades for free. Get ready for the weather ahead during See Better Drive Safer Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by your local store or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Now, you know me, I'm always fired up to talk to anybody who played their ball in Cali. So, we'll do that right now. He is a safety for the Minnesota Vikings. He is in his third season out of Cal. This year, he has a team-high 76 tackles to go along with two interceptions. He had seven tackles and a half sack in Sunday's win over the Packers. The Vikings are now 4-4. Four and four. They've won three straight. They are going to host the Falcons on Sunday. We are joined via Zoom by Cameron Bynum. Cam, great to have you on the show. How are you?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you doing?
0: Good, dude. Good. Really good to have you. So, Cam, there's so many positives surrounding the team right now, but it's also balanced out by the sobering reality that Kirk Cousins was playing great, great ball, but suffered a torn Achilles on Sunday. I'm curious, what went through your mind when you saw him come off the field, and have you had a chance to check in with him?
1: Um, for me, we were for as a defense, we were locked in on the sideline making our adjustments. So when it happened, I didn't even know he went down until after the game and somebody said, oh, yeah, it was a foot injury. So I was thinking it was something minor, and they just took him out of the game because we were up two scores. So I didn't really know what was going on until after the game and everybody's energy was kind of down. And I was like, wait, was it serious? And then they told us that, yeah, it didn't, it didn't look so good. So I went on social media and saw that, yeah, it was a possible Achilles. So just hearing that news and especially not knowing what was going on during the game, made it even tougher uh, for me just seeing that our leader and somebody as special as Kirk that he went down and the way he went went down with an Achilles that's um, that's super sad for all of us so I'm praying for him and his family but yeah it's really that's a that's a hit for us just seeing somebody like him go through that and that's that's not easy for anybody.
0: I appreciate that response Cameron Bynum joining us so you know, obviously it's the next man up league, but there's not, I don't know, you tell me I'm wrong. You have to, you have no choice, but there's some guys that are pretty near impossible to next man up. To your point, that was your leader he was playing great ball. How do you process that and what do you do going forward?
1: Um, it's, it's hard, honestly, uh, knowing that the leader of your team goes down, but like you said, it's next man up mentality and we trust the next man up and we know that uh, we have a great team around to to hold whoever, um, really to hold each other up. Um, defense, special teams, we really have to carry our weight and make it easy for the offense and, and play complimentary football now, even more so than before. But uh, we trust, um, I think Jaron Hall is going to be the next guy up. So we, we trust him 100%. And he's in the NFL for a reason, because he's a baller. So we know that he's going to do his thing. But still, like we said, it's losing Kirk is never, um, never easy. And it's going to be... Um, just tough seeing him not suited up, but we, we trust the next man up. And we know that we're going to be fine as a team, and we have full confidence in, in the team moving forward, and we know we're going to get it done.
0: Cameron Bynum is joining us. Listen, I understand that it's all about team goals, but you have been playing at such a high level. In addition to leading the team in tackles, you were named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week last week for the first time in your career after you came up with a pair of fourth-quarter picks. How would you slot that game among your personal career highlights?
1: Uh, I think for sure that was the best game of my career, uh, especially against uh, one of the better teams in the league. And I think at the time, um, the Niners were the best team in the league. So being able to come up with a big game on Monday night, the only game that's playing, so the whole world is watching, and to have the performance that I did, I for sure ranked that as number one in games of my career. So that was probably the most fun also, just the competition that game, knowing that it was going to be a battle, is one of the most physical games I've played in. And uh, it was one of those games where you're hurting after, but just the excitement of winning it and for me personally playing well, that was that was the cherry on top getting the defensive player of the week. So I was really excited and grateful for that, but it was a battle for sure.
0: I bet it hurts a little bit less, a tiny bit less when you win that game. And that was a big stage. You're right. You got the entire nation sure. watching. You've got your peers watching. Do you feel like you've taken another step up this season? And what's been the biggest difference for your individual play this year?
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure. think I took the next step in my game and I feel like it just came with experience. Um, As I got drafted, that was my first time ever playing safety. My rookie year when they drafted me, they told me that they were moving me to safety and I've played corner my entire life, never really taking any reps at safety. So I would just say the experience and really the preparation that it took from my rookie year, um, played a little, started a few games, but then started all the games my second season. But now really being able to feel those reps through those first two seasons. And now this third season is where I really feel like the game slowed down for me. And this offseason, the biggest thing I worked on was my tackling. And that's where I'm feeling the most comfortable in my game right now. Just just feeling comfortable with all my angles and tackling. And that just that leads to letting letting more more plays come to you when you're, your feet are in the right place and when you're taking the right angles. And I just trust that if I take take care of something as simple as tackling and really master that in my game, it'll lead me to more plays. So I've been able to see that in my game and really feel comfortable and feel like I've taken that next step and, really seeing the game in a different view now and being able to play a lot faster.
0: Cameron Bynum is joining us. That's never easy, man. Never easy to learn a new position on the NFL level. And then on top of that, I mean, the the Vikings, Cam, are the strangest team in the sense that all of last year, every single week, seemingly, you were in a one-score game, and seemingly in every one of those games, you won. In fact, you did, and then you pick up right where you left off. Eleven times last year, you had one score games. This year, it's already happened seven times. You're a young guy still but is this aging you quicker and do you feel like you've actually been in the league twice as long because you've played in so many close games
1: right it feels like a heart attack every week just knowing that every single time we've been on the field has been uh, a heart attack game where it comes down to the last possession or the last few possessions where somebody has to step up but as a competitor you don't want anything other than that you want to always be put in the situations to have to carry your team and be put in a scenario where you can save the day, you can be that hero on the team to make that big play to win the game, so it's been it's been fun for sure, just in my career, especially last season, you said 11 one-score games, and we I think we won all of them, or close to all of them, and being able to do that, and just feel the expectation of winning, I think it's left a mark on our team to be able to really know that, okay, the, these games are close, but we've been here before, and we know that We can come down with these wins and beginning of this season, we weren't getting those, but now we started to feel closer and closer to that, that comfortability of knowing that we can, we can do whatever we, we want to do as a defense and as an offense and really as a team overall, knowing that who's ever on that, that field last and the games in your hands, you can do it.
0: Cameron Bynum joining us. Cam, I want to ask you a couple of things before I let you go, and I really appreciate your time. You used that Monday night game against the Niners as a platform to talk about something bigger than football in a post-game interview. You were married in the Philippines in March and are still waiting to be reunited with your wife, LaLanne, who's had visa issues and was unable to travel to the U.S. Where do things currently stand with that? And then how gratifying has it been to get the level of support that you've had since you went public with that news?
1: Yeah, so no new updates. We're still um, looking and waiting for that. Sorry, one second. My phone. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. You're good. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so still no new updates with that. Um, But we've been really, really overjoyed with the people that have been able to reach out and uh, really willing to help. So we've had a lot of help from a lot of bigger. Sorry, somebody's blowing my phone up. Uh, We've had a lot of help for sure. So I'm super grateful that we've been able to have those people reaching out and knowing that people are willing to help us in our situation. But no new updates and still working and still staying hopeful that she'll be here by the end of season. But um, praying for that. And we know that some people are going to be able to help. So we're really, like I said, really grateful.
0: You bet, Cam. One last thought. You know, when you look around the NFL, you see all the players from all the power conferences, which is not to say the Pac-12 isn't, but, you know, major, major programs. I'm a UC guy. I love the fact that you balled at Berkeley, UC Berkeley, and I went to UC Santa Barbara. So I absolutely love the UC system. I will always honk the UC system. I'm curious, what was the Berkeley experience like, and what was it like for you to go to school and play football there?
1: Um, School was hard. I loved football. Yeah, it was, dude. No complaints about football. I love the program, the coaching staff, everything about it from top to bottom. But school school was a challenge for sure, especially being at Berkeley. So that was probably the toughest time academically for me. I came out of high school, 4.0 student, or close to it at least, and never had trouble with school. But when I got to college, just being in the big lecture halls, it was a tough adjustment for me. So I, I understood why Cal is a is a top-notch university when it comes to academics. So I was grateful to be able to go there and get my degree, but it was a challenge. And, but I think it's built me and I've, especially being out of college now, I feel like I've learned so much. And when you're going through it and you're struggling through school, you may not realize how much you're learning through that whole, through the whole thing. Cause you're just trying to, you're just trying to pass your classes. But now that I look back on it and remember stuff I, I went through in college, um, academically, I, I realized how much I learned and how much I grew through college. So it was, it was tough academically, but um, I enjoyed it and I for sure, yeah, I for sure do it all over again if I could. And I, I yeah, I love Cal and can't wait to be back over there and visit the team. And just go back to campus and see it again.
0: Hey, bro, when I went to UC Santa Barbara, I went to school with some really smart people, really smart people. None of us got into Cal. Cal is a world-class institution. (laughs) Seems to me you got a lot of plans still ahead of you in the NFL. But nobody can ever, ever take a diploma from UC Berkeley from you. You've always got that. That is something to be extremely proud of. That is an amazing school, Cam. Great to have you on the show. Really appreciate it. I know you're coming off a big week, and there's plenty more still to come. So it's great to talk to you, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Good talking to you, Cam. Cameron Bynum. Love his background, obviously. And he is playing lights out. He is having a year now. He was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. He had those two huge picks late in the game against 49ers to seal that deal. And I thought that he was really good and really interesting on saying what it's like when your leader goes down, and you know he's down. And the kind of impact that has on that team. Next man up. All right. Hey, V in the fee. We talked some Vikings football. Young stud. Really nice player. Cam Bynum joining us. All right. 1-800-636-8686. I've done the two interviews. So we are wide open the rest of the way. Here's something I want to hit going to break. True story here, Jim. Whenever somebody starts off with a True story here, Jim. I'm extremely skeptical that it's a true story. True story here, Jim. I drive Uber. All right, now I'm doubly skeptical. True story here, Jim. I drive Uber. Yesterday, I picked up a lady who was on the larger side. Within two minutes of picking her up, Alvin initiated the fat alarm. I was frozen. Do I change the station, calling attention to the awkwardness? Awkward. Do I let it roll and risk the passenger being offended? I said, screw it, and I let it roll. I am not responsible for your health status. Hashtag, jungle win. Hashtag, no tips here. True in Phoenix, wow, dude. That is awkward. I guess that's the risk you run. That is the risk you run when you play the jungle in a public space. It is the trade deadline. Come on, man. Got to be kidding me with that. Come on, chalk. Do you swear that that dropped after the interview? I'm not even going to lie. This pisses me off so much. I'm not even going to lie. Because that impacts what you do the rest of the day with social, etc. But you're not here for my problems. Rap sheet. Tweets or X's. The Vikings are trading for Arizona Cardinals quarterback Josh Dobbs. With plenty of starting experience per me and at Tom Pellicero. It helps make up for the loss of Kirk Cousins, and it gives Minnesota a chance. I just had a Viking on the show, and I asked, what's the plan? Now what? How do you process that? What's that like? How do you next man up Kirk Cousins? Just a He said, well, we got our guy. We got our guy. Either he didn't know or he wasn't going to tell me. <laughs> but apparently their next man up is Josh Dobbs. Good timing there. Literally the second I said goodbye to Cam, that dropped on the X. I almost think that it's personal. It was the exact same second. I know rap, and, and Tom Pelissero is really good to us on this show. I know he didn't do it on purpose. But, I mean, if I were really a paranoid guy, They're probably like, hey, wait a minute, man. Let's not drop that yet. Yeah, but we might get scooped by Shefty. It doesn't matter. You know what's better? You know why it's worth the risk? We can screw Rome. He's talking to a Viking right now. I say that in jest, but man, come on with that. You think maybe we would have been interested in hearing what Cam had to say about that deal? You think maybe some reaction from Cam about that deal might have helped? You think Rich Ackerman would have appreciated that reaction? He would have turned that into a soundbite for a sports update. You think maybe I would have been interested in that? Bad timing. I'm telling you, head can speak to this. We're on a reverse heater. We've had some bad luck lately. The football gods are not shining down on us. Except last night, a must win for us. Chalk. Come on with that, right? How wild is that? the second I said thank you to Cam and goodbye that drops. So that's their plan going forward. I guess Kyler's feeling better. Kyler's probably not ready this week, but maybe the week after. And so the Vikings who are four and four and still very much in the hunt feel like maybe Josh Dobbs, who does have starting experience, might be the guy to keep that thing going. Interesting move. It is the trade deadline. All right, when we come back, we'll talk more about that. You're in the jungle. I am Jim Rome. We are late. Here is a sports update. Hey, Rich, sorry about that. Take it away. From Southern California, this is the Jim Rohn Show on CBS Sports Radio. If you like using debit over credit, don't you think it's time you also get rewarded? You can now with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everybody with cash back on everyday purchases with no fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. I think this person's onto it. At Pumpernickel, WOL tweets. That's why his phone was probably blowing up on the interview. Remember Cam said multiple times... Sorry about that. My phone's blowing up. Probably somebody informing him of the trade. Telling him not to reference the trade. Whatever it was, he played it off. He played it off. Or maybe it had nothing to do with it. But I think that's probably a pretty good possibility. Eric in Orlando 9 writes, Romy, you told us years ago, quote, the cutoff age for costumes is 10, 11, if you're short and you look younger than your age, end of quote, what happened? Respectfully, the clones. Who sent that? Eric in Orlando. Oh, what happened? Respectfully, the clones. I don't know, Eric. You said that you don't fish on a boat. You fish on a boat. I don't fish on boats. Okay, Matt. I fish on a, on a boat. So you probably understand this really well. You probably have no problem with this. Why are you asking me that question, Eric, when you're the one who said flatly, I don't fish on a boat, Matt. I fish on a I boat. I fish on boats, okay, Matt? I fish on a, on a boat. So don't bring that crap around here, Matt. Or Eric, I should say. You know. Hey, Romy, you told us years ago, the cutoff age for costumes is 10, 11. If you're short and you look younger than your age, what happened? Respectfully, the clones. First of all, you don't speak for the clones, Eric. You speak for yourself. And you're the one who said, you don't fish on a boat, you fish on a boat. So what you have to say about this does not matter at all. And as far as the clones, you know, the message is a little slow reaching them. Alvin is no longer a rat. Chalk insists he's not in costume. And the kid in the back row is just, he's rise green. He didn't know any better. He obviously didn't know enough about the show or life to know that's not what you do. He's a kid, man. He's young. We'll talk about it afterwards. Like I said, they got smart-alecky about it. They got cute with it. They rolled in after the bell. There wasn't a hell of a lot I could do about it at that point.
1: <laughs>
0: you think that's funny, Avi? <laughs> Rick Rios writes, Hey, Van Smack, I work from home. And my wife walked into my office as the fat alarm was going off. I froze. What was I supposed to do? I don't know. What did she say? Fat ass. Tell her it's just Rome doing Rome things. Sorry, honey. Can I help you? The show's not for everybody. Be careful. Where you, you know what? You, I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. Get some AirPods. Get some earbuds. Get some over-the-ear cans. That way she doesn't hear. And you don't have to address it. Because I know what you're going to say. Hey, hey, Rome, she already hates your guts. She hates the show. She hates your guts. And now she finds out you have a fat alarm. Is that for me? No, of course not, honey. What up, Jim? Sweetheart. Alvin is having a busy morning and killing it, but he needs to chill and save some of that energy for his famous spooky mix in honor of your least favorite holiday, Halloween. Signed, Joe full-size candy bar giver. Well, look at you, Joe. Hey, Albie, I had actually not even thought about the Spooky Mix, man. This is how far gone I am. This is how far over Halloween I am. This is how locked I am on what I have to get done every single day. I literally had forgotten about Alvin's famous Spooky Mix, where we play it, And you try to guess how many of the sound drops you can pull out of it. And the winner gets nothing. Alvin, have you worked it? Or does it not require any working? Have you added to it? Or is it just what it is? All right. Alvin says there are some ads to it. What do you say we finish up this hour and next hour we get to it? I might even start hour number three. To show that I am in the spirit of things. That... I don't hate Halloween more than I hate everything. I hate Halloween. Just not the most. There are things I dislike more than Halloween. Hate's a strong word. I don't like that word. No, I'm not a fan. In fact, this is awesome. So DJ says to me, we're now empty nesters. It was never optional. When the kids went trick-or-treating, and inevitably we'd go to another neighborhood. My neighborhood is not trick-or-treating friendly. We would go to a better neighborhood inevitably she dragged me along and I'd kind of go kicking and screaming and she'd say just walk around man get a cocktail that's the answer to everything I don't want to do get a cocktail walk around we don't have kids anymore at home and she's still going to a neighborhood to be with her friends quoting our our friends I said honey I'm not she's like I know wait